Welcome to today's podcast, episode number 33. We're just joking around my dad and I. Uh, we, and we get to welcome you in. I think the last couple of episodes, we just opened up with this humor. <laughs> Sorry, it's more mainly my fault because I forget what number we're in. But episode 33, yeah. Lunes de Apa. Yes. And I get to awesomely, uh, I guess with all the joy in my heart, get to welcome you again to another podcast um, so dad, what is up? I think it's all that oxygen that now you can take it. I know. I feel like when you when you when you kinda like get that helium going, you, you know. But I mine regular oxygen because that's what I've been liking my whole life. There you go. Oh man, okay. 33. 33. Ah. And it's a very special one because um, it happens to be, you know, it, I consider I always call it the year of the Lord. Yeah. You know, 33. And that's exactly when he did his best. Yes. You know, per se. And um, of course, um, this particular podcast it is one to really, um, Lunes de Apa, um, we want to do something unique. Uh, but at the same time, I'm going to connect, we want to connect with Jesus in a very unique, special way. Mm-hmm. So, as we are uh, opening up this episode, we welcome all of you once again and what a joy indeed um, all of this has been falling in place because this is 33 weeks being faithful to the Delia Dad podcast and I think that um, our friends our listeners uh, they're growing and and we're we're humbled on on that gesture we're humbled to see that um, they like it and they're participating they they're engaging because you know we stop and we talk about things and that's that's pretty awesome yeah Yeah. it's a joy to do this to be honest and i think sometimes we it's so easy to forget that um i guess i guess on my end when it's one of the things where you know we record we produce it you know put it up and then in all honesty in, in most cases not out of you know uh, I don't even know what the word is, but I just, I don't seem to catch up to, to continue to like reflect on the podcast. There's been some that I've listened to and, you know, I've come back to it, but a good chunk of the, the, the podcast, I haven't had a chance to just go back and listen to it. And then to realize that there's people actually listening in, like we, we, we've seen the numbers, we actually dedicated one episode to just numbers, you know, um, but we, we've, we've grown and we've, we'll probably have an update, probably like 50 or so. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's it's really cool to just know that people are actually tuning in and, and people are are being impacted in one way, shape, or form because of this podcast. And again, it's just it's just the experience that we've lived, you know, and the experiences that you've shared, that you've picked up from other families that you've catered to, and, and you know, at the end of the day, we just we just want this podcast to continue to grow and to continue to to nourish others and then to enhance family life, and that's what we're all about. And so. I mean, it's been fun, 33 weeks strong, and, and you know, the, the main thing that we've always done is kept kept God on center focus, and that's what we continue to do today. And as a matter of fact, um, th- this particular podcast is very dear to us, uh, to all the family. Today um, is a very special day to the Gutierrez Ramos family, um, Raquel's mom. Doña Alicia, <laughs> Doña Alicia. <laughs> the way I would tease her and, 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 and you know, uh, love her that way. Um, Doña Alicia today will be celebrating uh, 
her birthday, you know. And it's a very, in, uh, I would like to um, offer a tribute for her today and in understanding that um, this, this lady, um, I came to, to know her, I came to love her, and I came to have a, a certain respect because, um, as people say, at the end of the day, Doña Alicia uh, is the loving mom of Raquel, mm -hmm. you know, your mom. And as your grandma, uh, Doña Alicia um, was a very hard worker. And um, she had a drive. And, you know, little did I found out towards her latter years that um, me working with now the Parent and Family Engagement Program and formerly known as, you know, parental involvement, she was involved. She was part of the school system. She was part of the parents being involved with her kids. And I even saw that she was an officer of the uh, PTA. <laughs> oh, wow. So it, it, it was something to, to see, and, and, and it was a remarkable journey that she had. And, and, and I think that um, in her life, um, it is evident that she loved her family tremendously. And she sacrificed a lot for her family. And I also have to attribute Don Mike, you know, Miguel Gutierrez. Uh, we have Alicia Ramos de Gutierrez and we have Miguel Gutierrez. And this couple happens to be the parents for Raquel. Both of them now, I'm pretty sure they were there ready to welcome Raquel when she came and stepped into heaven. Uh, so it, it is a joyful reunion up there and today you know we remember her dearly um, uh, we offered prayers today mass intention as well and doña alicia will always be um, a very special lady in my heart and i did learn a lot from her um, i learned both ways the easy way and the hard way but i nevertheless i did learn and her caring ways and and her determination to make sure that things were done, you know, correctly or at least to be done, uh, she had a very strong drive on that, and uh, it's something that I would talk to your mom, Raquel, and 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 you know, actually pinpoint the the leadership qualities that she had, and you know, there was a lot of things that she always would give. So, uh, do you remember? Yeah, I, I I guess it's been hard. Uh, as the years go by, uh, I, my memory is not all that uh, great, but I do remember her loving regañadas. <laughs> the, there's a difference. There's regañada and there's loving regañada. Yeah. Um, but always, again, just always remember her her hardworking um, ethic that she had. Just always either she was always cleaning, she was always raking, she was always doing something. You know, she was always yeah. a, a woman of work and. But man, she had a lot of compassion, though. I, I do remember, and I, I still remember, like I guess the, the the warmth of her her hand, you know, when she would, cause she would always, whenever she would say hi to you, then uh, there's a word, then there's a pachaba or something, some word, some <laughs> weird word that really means to just yeah, kind of pachaba. There we go, that you, you know, just kind of bring it on in, you know, and she would. Always, <laughs> Like grandma, I just, it was. I just saw you ten minutes ago. It's okay. Come on in. <laughs> um, so it, it was one of those things where, she, again, she was always very loving, very caring. Yes, regañosa, but lovingly 
regañosa. And it was one of those things. Why? Because she wanted things done the right way. And, and she would always, uh, as what I can remember, it was kind of odd not to see her with her apron. Yeah. You know, that that was her signature, her apron. And, and now that I've been, you know, uh, sharing uh, different um, staff development um, classes and courses to my colleagues in, in, in LISD, um, I did share to the child nutrition program um, the value and the meaning of the apron. Mm-hmm. And, and it really has two different meanings. To one, uh, it, it is a symbol of generosity. The apron is a symbol of generosity, but it's also the symbol of hospitality. Yeah. And she had both. Definitely. You know, um, I would say that the apron, once that I, you know she was wearing, and, and, and the people that wear them, it's how they use their cape as a hero. Yeah. Because. It is that generosity and that hospitality that when it's combined and it's enforced, um, we see the model that, you know, we remember her dearly with, you know. So today being a birthday, you know, happy birthday, Doña Alicia, feliz año de cumpleaños. Aquí está en el cielo. So it's something. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, in this podcast, being you know, remembering her birthday, um, to all my in-laws, um, you know, you have someone, you know, there's a lot of people out there in heaven for you guys. And of course, your mom, um, you miss her. I understand that. And also your dad. But, you know, your sister, you know, um, they're making preparations when it's our turn. Yeah, no doubt. And I think each day goes by, it's one day closer that we get to be with them. And so that's always the hope. That's always the the, the driving force for us to live a good life here on earth, to take care of each other, to love each other, so that one day we can reunite ourselves with our loved ones. That's right. Amen to that. Uh, I also wanted to share the um, what, what happened a couple of days ago. Saturday was a very busy day for us. And in the morning, I had the opportunity to, for the very first time, offer our families, our parents for LISD, especially the men. Uh, the dad, the grandpa, the uncle, uh, the brother, you know, all the men uh, in the families. We offered them a very special um, course that is entitled Mi Papi, Mi Daddy. And it, it's a course that is so strong. It's fundamental. It, it's really a waking up uh, course. And, and it's really strictly for men. You know, all this time, it's always been strictly for men. Well, because of the virtual experience, you know, I told them it's up to you. You know, it's up to you um, because we're going to be having, you know, this this particular uh, course, this particular class, and it's very strong. It's very strong in nature. It's very strong in language because occasionally as men, there is that boy talk in the sense that um, people mistakenly usually uh, say it's a bad word, mm-hmm. okay? But it's a common language among men that tend to use. And and sometimes, this is the only course that I use it, yeah. okay? And sometimes, you know, we always say no, no women allowed. Yeah. And it was strictly just men. Well, this time around, we did have uh, the opportunity to have them decide. And some of them... You know, had their wives with them, had the families with them. But I did, you know, warn them saying, it's up to you. I'm going to respect whatever you, you decide. But this is strictly for men. And I know that because of a certain language that uh, I had to use, because it's part of the formation, part of the discovery, unveiling of themselves, um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, some people might have, you know, gotten offended, okay? Didn't like it. Um, and, and I understand that. And it, it, it's not for you if you're thinking uh, as a woman, uh, it, it's different, yeah. okay? It's just different. It's a different nature, a different feeling, a different uh, interpretation of things. But, you know, the men really woke up. And um, we had a very wonderful experience. We had over um, over 80 or, or 100 dads, okay, wow, in the class. Um, and, you know, they, they answered the call. And we were very, you know, appreciative to all of them. And les agradecemos a todos los señores que nos... Los señores jóvenes que nos <laughs> se unieron con nosotros. So we were very proud because it was very engaging and very fruitful. Uh, the men, you know, you usually say that men don't share. Oh, no, they do. Yeah. They do. When they feel confident and they feel very much part that they're being listened to, they do speak. They do share. And and then obviously this particular Saturday, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And they started to open up and I started to see more children, you know, that they, they, they were allowing for kids to be there with them and everything. So, you know, we, we did interactions, things with kids and, and dad and it, it, it was a, a wonderful experience. And, and I think that the the topic itself, the, the, the actual goal itself was met. Mm -hmm. And again, the only reason that happened was because the men responded to it. Yeah. You know, they answered the call. They really not only showed up, they were there, but they participated, they were engaged, like I said before. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very happy with that turnout. And, and um, again, just a little misunderstanding or perhaps different feelings about, you know, the, the certain language. It, it is a strong language. It, yeah. it is a different, you know, awakening. Because that's the thing, for us guys, we have a complete different vocabulary, complete different way of, style of listening and style of talking as opposed to the women. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is, you know, but at the same time, I know growing up, there was always, you know, that's, that's why coaches tend to, you know, and for, and I say this because there's, there's some families or parents that, you know, when you get to, when you get to sit as close as you can to the bench of the football field, and when you go to the football games yeah. and you hear the coach kind of just chewing us out, you know, and yeah, there's some words that are going to be flirted out, but whatnot. But it's the way that we understand, like, okay, he means business. That means we gotta, we gotta shape up, we gotta do our thing. We gotta make sure that we don't let him down again, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes that can get carried away. And to someone who is not in the circle, someone who is not like, you know, um, part of it is gonna be like, oh, like, why why are they talking like that? And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's a build up process for us as men. And that's just the way it is. It's one of those things that has helped us develop, you know? But again, you like you said it, boy talk. Yeah, it's different, completely different than from the girls too. Because girls have their own language that we have yet to fully understand and comprehend. But <laughs> we have our own as well. And so again, it was just one of those things where I, I, I had a chance to sit into some of those, and it was just, it's always in line to be able to hear things in a way that it's not strictly, uh, was that not politically correct, academically correct? You know? Right. Yeah. Because again, I think we hear that day in and day out in the everyday life. So it's good to just kind of have a spinoff of just one saying how it is and two not holding back because it, that's where it, it's only then that you can get to the heart the last time that we had this particular class i remember um one of the men uh we we saw each other uh, as a matter of fact here in the gasoline station H-E-B, i was putting some gas and he, and he pulled up and he said hey mr ramirez you know and he immediately started saying you know i was there for the class you know for the one for the dads and and he started he, as a matter of fact he brought up this this point saying that you know um he really liked it and and then you know to him it was the first time that 
you know, a certain language um, was used and, and coming out from, from the school environment to him, it was like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because then, of course, they never, they're not used to it like that, yeah. right? But then, you know, he, he was sharing with me that that's what he was sharing with his wife, uh, what he had lived there in, in that particular class. But then, you know, talking to his wife, he, he says, you know, even to you, you know, talking to the wife, even to you, sometimes I say some language that is not appropriate for you. Okay? And, and, and kind of woke him up saying, you know, I got to be more careful myself. You know, how I'm going to, you know, calling you or treat you, what words I'm going to, you know, use against you or towards you. But then, you know, the other thing he says, um, the kids are listening. Yeah. The kids are learning. And, and, and it was an awakening for him. Um, and we talked about this. That, well, that's exactly why I use it. Yeah. So you can wake up because it's going to be out of the ordinary. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, that was a very pleasant understanding and very uh, good, you know. Nowadays, uh, it, it's just um, we live sometimes in a world that it, everything wants to be politically correct. And, and, and but sometimes the reality, it, it's not that. Yeah, you kind of can't be because, again, like you said, in, in, in that particular moment, it's that mirror in which they don't realize that it's happening yeah. that you get to reveal to them you know what i mean it's not so much and again it's not so much that um you're teaching them rather they're helping they're discovering maybe I, maybe i am like this or maybe i've never heard myself through someone exactly. else that's what i think he said yeah, yeah. i've never yeah. heard myself yeah. through someone yeah. else and so yeah it's just an opportunity to just reflect and okay now let's how can i make this better Right, right. And, 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 you know, it came out to be a, a very uh, fruitful, like I said, and a very, um, you know, engaging uh, class. And, and, and I just liked it. And, and there was a lot of very wonderful comments that were shared in the uh, chat box. And uh, they answered some questions. And also it was very fulfilling to, to read that. And uh, I know that the message got across and this meant... You know, nothing, not, none of one at one point would, you know, make comments or any of the people that, you know, participated in, 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 in sharing um, referred as a negative thing to it. But nevertheless, however, I'm very proud that uh, I'm very blessed yeah, that, that, that took place. And I saw a lot of joy of those men, you know, hugging their kids and playing with them when we had a little uh, activity with them. So um, I, I think that, you know, um, for all that is worth it. Um, that's the structure, that's the nature, that's the formation of this particular course. Yeah. Okay. None of the other courses have that yeah. because none of them are just men. This is the only one that is for men. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, um, one of the four new courses that I had in mind in, in putting up, um, there was one, another one for men, but it has a different tone. It has a different sentiment. So, um, Let's see what happens in the future. But then in the afternoon, talk about men and families. Here we go again with the Knights of Columbus. We had that beautiful ceremony where we had uh, six new brother knights that came into the order. Um, I, I have to say, you know, give a shout out to all the uh, KC members from Council of St. Joseph Church, which is 15783. These guys are remarkable. I mean, they are a true model of knighthood in their parishes. And in, in this particular parish, um, they're the ones that take care of Father's Church. You know, he, they're the ones that are actually, ever since the pandemic started, they're the ones that disinfect. They're the ones that sterilize 
any area that is being used by the people when they come to church. And, and, and uh, pretty much for the, for the actual ceremony that we hold it in the entire parish hall, we had about 30 people, you know, and they went in and they cleaned first, disinfected the whole area. And then after, as soon as we, we were completely done and everybody was gone, they started to do it again, mm. you know. So uh, it, it's a shout out to this wonderful um, council. Uh, again, it's 15783, um, the Knights of Columbus over at St. Joseph Church here in Laredo. And uh, I also want to say that uh, I'm very happy with a well-attended family support. Uh, I, I saw that and, and after the ceremony, we gave the opportunity to the a candidate to a now new night to say something you know they came up uh, we had leadership they came over and they addressed them and then I toss it out to the families and and there's there comes a wife you know and she comes and shares something very profound and very beautiful so it, it, it was something um, very fruitful there too and of course I'm very grateful to the to the team you know the ceremony which is you guys yeah you know because for the first time uh, after all this preparation we had the opportunity where we did something that we used to do before under the Colombian squares and now we were at the level of the Knights of Columbus and we were able to participate in the leadership role of actually doing the actual ceremony for these people for this brother Knights that came in and I think and just the way I, I shared it with everybody um, each one that took a role um, in the ceremony they were all sons of your mom yeah. you know and mine as well but it, it just you know hit hard because that was a, a dream come true for your mom that now you're more involved with the knights in, in this capacity and of course um, there, there, we had to use a couple of items and one of the items that I used was exactly Raquel's um, funeral gift of a crucifix that is given to you know uh, to, during the service and um, she was part of that too Mm -hmm. You know, she was very much part of that. So, in a way, um, we were blessed that that Saturday, and uh, the Knights of Columbus continued to to strive, and we're working on this new council. But we we were totally blessed. And uh, what do you think about that ceremony? I think it was awesome. I think it was one. It was good to get back into this uh, this role of being able to facilitate uh, bringing in new members to the order. Now, in a different capacity, the last time we did this was what maybe. Six, seven years ago yeah. with the squires, and right. it was always a joy because new people were coming in, were bringing men closer to God, and I mean, just to have my brothers there um, participate and just you know be with there with you and you know go through an experience, a first of its kind, um, and just really the completion of a dream that, that right. mom really thought out you know years ago. Yeah, and and, and it's incredible how um, all of that started something new that um, is going to be more um, of a blessing uh, for our community and I'm hoping that you know people especially men who are willing to do something more for the church something more for their community something more to the, for their families uh, the Knights of Columbus is out there for them uh, yesterday uh, being Sunday we had the opportunity to go um, to mass in person over to St. Joseph Church and we had the opportunity to bring in the second year uh, confirmation parents to come into mass at 10 and then right after 10 you know hold a, a special meeting because we were giving them the information of how the ceremonies are going to transpire 
and uh, I almost had a hundred percent attendance. You know? Oh, yeah, almost had a hundred percent attendance. But um, nevertheless, it was very good, well, very extremely well attended, and. The uh, parents and candidates, I even got them together to hold even a little mini class, in, 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 you know, in person. That's cool. I, that, that was something that really we were yearning about. But, um, you know, parents are, are, are good and, and ready to continue helping their sons and daughters uh, get this sacrament of confirmation. And these young people are really responding, you know, tremendously. And I'm, I'm very proud of them. And um, like I told the parents, you know, um, I don't know if your sons and daughters, okay, this particular class of second year confirmation has stole part of my heart or um, probably I've been able to discover their heart to where I really love your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I came in one year to St. Joseph Catholic Church here in Laredo to help with the confirmation program and now this is my, my fifth year. You know, and um, I, I have to really, you know, step back and, 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 and say goodbye to the catechist world. I've done it over 40 years, you know, and, and uh, it's time for me to move um, forward to something else that I want to do that I've been putting on hold for the past five years. But nevertheless, um, you know, it, it's been a journey with this uh, particular group because it is my last year as a confirmation catechist but at the same time it it has been a year that because of the pandemic and everything else has been so unique and and, and so um you know there's a lot of sacrifice and there's a lot of pulling in and pulling out and ah it's so hard many times to think that when we want to give our best there's always something that um you know it, it kind of trips us or perhaps blindsides us and and of course this two years without your mom you know it, it to look for that support to to have that support physically um, you know sometimes it's just you know you have to do and go the extra mile on that and um, but she's been good with me yeah? um, spiritually we've been able to accomplish a lot of things and and I that's what I share with the parents and, and, and also the candidates for confirmation and I'm hoping that we're going to be ready so that they can also uh, be part of this wonderful blessing in receiving their sacrament of confirmation. Yeah, so they look forward to I mean, there's, there's nothing better than to finally re- be fully initiated into the church and to receive God's gifts and fruits that He wants to give us. And man, it's always a joy. It is. It is. And on that note, um, you know, I, I said that 33 was very special because one... Um, it is, like I said, the year of the Lord. Uh, at 33, um, you know, he offered his life for us. He, he, um, he went through all of this that we just, you know, uh, were reminded through the church, uh, through Holy Week and the Triumph, and then, of course, now the season of Easter, which is the most beautiful part of it all. Um, but at the same time, this 33, you know, that's how how long your mom and I lasted being married, you know? It, it lasted 33 years and eight months. So this 33 also has a little bit of a, you know, accommodation that, you know, it has a meaning, it, it, it's sensitive. And, and then it's even more because it happens to be your grandma's birthday. 
you know, there's that connection somehow, some way, you know, God puts it together and it makes it feel like, wow, this is unique. You know, yeah. this, is, this, this is something that it's a little touch of heaven, you know, a little taste of heaven in a sense that uh, you feel God's love. You know, you feel his embrace. You, you feel that uh, and, and it's more than a feeling. It's a reality itself of how much God loves us and, and how we need to respond to that love. And as a matter of fact, in today's gospel, uh, part of the gospel from, from the gospel of St. John, chapter 6, um, although it, it reads from 22 to 28, verses 22, I'm sorry, verses 22 to 29, um, I, I just want to bring, you know, this to the attention. Um, I'm going to have you, Beto, just read um, verses, well, read all everything that is a verse, you know, from 24 on down to 29. Okay. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. And, and I think that it is so powerful that today in this particular podcast, um, you know, first of all, they, they talk about this, this fishing village in Israel which is in northern shore of Galilee and it is used in the gospel often it's like a popular site <laughs> yeah per se yet uh, how many times do we go to popular sites and the question is you know the word of God or God or the experience of God can it be seen can can it be really be felt As a matter of fact, uh, even when we go into the realm of the, the church itself or the religious experiences that we go to, um, you know, how many times have you actually um, been able to fulfill yourself with faith that Jesus was indeed present? Yeah. You know, because sometimes we go, we come back and... You know, sometimes we just think that we didn't feel anything. It, it's, I mean, don't be selfish like that. <laughs> You're not there just, you know, to fill up your own. And th that's why, to me, it, it kind of rubs off the wrong way when we say that, you know, we go to church so we can fill up our tank. Uh, no. <laughs> Or um, we, we came so we can charge our batteries. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, that... That's exactly what Jesus is telling us here, okay? Because they were exactly doing that. They yeah. were looking for him to satisfy themselves yeah. on a need or a wanting of themselves. Yeah. And, and, and kind of, you know, Jesus kind of yeah. slaps hands right there and, and he lets them know. And rightfully so. Because again, they were, they were looking for something that, man, it was just always the big day for Jesus. The day before for the context people like, to understand what, what's going on in the story. Like Jesus feeds 5,000 and that's just the men. So right. imagine I always give this like little math 
quiz to the kids. Imagine if each person had his wife. How many would that be? Oh, 10,000. Imagine if they had one kid. Okay, 15,000. Imagine if they were my parents. Well, each kid has eight kids. We're not going to do the math there. You know? <laughs> so, but anyways, so like at least 15,000 per se that Jesus fed and they were all filled. Right? So like Jesus was like a McDonald's on sandals, just walking around, giving food left and right. And so what happens they, the next day, they, they, now we're at this point where the people, you know, Jesus escapes, he gets away. And then, side note, he walks on water. So it's a big day for Jesus, big night too for Jesus. He walks on water, Peter has a chance to walk on water as well. And then they get to the other side and now the people are looking for Jesus. Like, we want food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we always have that we, we, yeah, we always have that one friend that just kind of clings to us because we know we're going to feed them. That was them. <laughs> so, but it was very selfish of them to look for that because, again, you're not looking for me because you saw a sign. And in the Gospel of John, another word for sign is miracle. Um, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. O sea, nomás me quieren para comida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and how many times do, do we fall into that? Um, and not only in church, in, anywhere. Okay. Uh, let's say if, if you're part of an organization, you're part of a club, you're part of a group, and you're there helping, you know, when there is that special favor that you want to receive, you say, hey, I've been helping all this time. You know? I've been faithful here. I've been doing this, and so then the, the you know the idea of why then have you been coming? Mm-hmm. What why then have you been doing this? Okay, if there's a, a, a hidden agenda or there's something up your sleep that you're trying to accommodate yourself for, well then you know it's it's not a sincere act of kindness, uh, an act of love that that is original, authentic. Okay, and here one of the things that I really liked was that. Um, the the actual um, people they got into boats and came. Mm-hmm. In other words, they did some action. They they did something. Yeah. Some people they don't even want to do that. You know, yeah. some people it's give me, give me, give me. Yeah. Let it let let them come to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, why should I do that? Exactly. Okay. It's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, yeah. Things like that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So then. Uh, when it comes to to the things of God, you know, when, th- when, when it comes to the things of Jesus, um, how do we look for Jesus? Where do we look for Jesus? <laughs> Why do we look for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I think these are three very important questions that we need to answer ourselves as to, you know, um, how do we go to church? You know, where do we go to church? Why do we go to church? And if, of course, if that is the center of our faith, because Jesus is there, our faith is centered there, we are Christ-centered in our lives, well then, that's your reason. But honestly and, and sincerely, you know, that how, where, and why, it is very much resounding, mm-hmm. you know? So, in the experience of many families, um, you know, when they're trying to make sure that they want something, well, I do this, <laughs> yeah. okay, and I do that, okay, I've been doing this, and then they use the little finger saying, they're not doing that, where are they getting it? Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I, I gotta be privileged, I gotta be different, I gotta yeah. be special. I gotta like this be, entitlement. Yeah, there's certain entitlement yeah. on that. So, you know, Jesus really is trying to focus and, and, and kind of slap us a little bit saying, hey, hey, look up, 
Okay? This is the real reason for. And one of the beautiful things is that um, I was contemplating and, you know, uh, there is talk about, you know, read the Bible. You know, uh, there is talk about get to know Jesus. You know, there, there is talk about getting to understand what God says in Scripture. You know, there, there is talk about having a relationship with God. Yet Jesus answers to them and us saying, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. <laughs> and here, um, so there is talk about believing in Jesus. There is talk about believing in Jesus, the one, okay? There is talk about believing in Jesus, being sent by God. In other words, it's the believing. It's the belief. And I think one of the things that we have to re re actually realize is that when it comes to, and this is why I know my patron saint's going to get a bit upset, Matthew, but <laughs> my favorite gospel writer is, is John, right? Because why? John moves us to answer the question, do you believe? Because in the synoptic gospels, right, right, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, they basically share like what Jesus did. Right. But John reveals to us who he is. Right. And so Jesus is here, and he's like really like he's saying, okay, these are the things that are in your heart. You're not looking for me because you saw a miracle and you think like I am God, but you're you're hungry, you know, and you're still I don't know how, but you're hungry, you know, <laughs> kind of like I was gonna point to Rudy, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, but the reality is, is that when it comes to this particular gospel, and, and it's going to get a bit more intense once we continue with, with this particular passage, because at some point he's going to have to prove to them that he is God, and he has to defend his divinity, right? That he's proving to them, no, 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 believe in the one whom the Father sent. I am he. And again, Jesus actually uses that, that famous phrase, I am, about nine times, right? You know, when he says, I am the bread of... And he's going to say that very crucial phrase, I am the bread of life, right? And so, it's important for us to realize that John is asking us, or actually, really, yeah, proposing the question, do you believe? And if you believe, how is it? Is it like an intellectual thing? Or is it more of, my will is conformed to God's will? And that, that's like the big question because a lot of us, when they ask you, you know, when they ask a question, do you believe in God? What do you mean by believe? And that's a big question because we, we've all, at some point we've all been asked, do you believe in God? Or even ourselves, we even ask the question, do I really believe in God? But what, is that, what does it mean to believe? And here we realize that belief is coincide, coincides with obedience. And disbelief coincides with disobedience right and it all boils down to this is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent and, and that is so true and revealing because it comes back to a faith factor mm -hmm. it nobody can answer it for you you gotta answer it yourself yeah you gotta respond mm -hmm. yourself okay yeah. that's why there's a lot of people that even you know, they even beg, tell me what to do. Yeah. Okay. What should I do? And they usually toss it back to them saying, it, it's something that you got to decide. Yeah. It's something you got to do. Exactly. Okay. But yet, 
um, there is that lack of belief. Mm-hmm. There is that lack of trust. Yeah. And obviously there is that lack of obedience even to what they believe. Now, people, you know, like I, I, I told our parents and, and, and candidates yesterday, it's not so much what you know. It's not so much what you understand. It's down to how, it's what you believe and how you believe it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it has to be a, a sincere reflection and, and, and reality to wh- how you're going to be responding to this. Mm-hmm. So just, it, 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 is, it is something that... Golly, uh, when I tell the parents, you know, there, there's two things. There's the physical part and then there's the non-physical part. And the non-physical part is what the psychological, the emotional, and even the spiritual. The psychological, what you think. Mm-hmm. Okay? The emotional, what you feel. And the spiritual, what you believe. Okay? And many times, as parents, we lack to even believe in our kids. Yeah. Because we lack the trust. Mm-hmm. And if that happens to the to the being that you love so much beyond yourself, and you still have the lack of love and understanding and trust. <gasps> yeah. You know? So how's how's your relationship with God? You yeah. Know? How's that, your belief with God? It's a big thing that it's an eye opener for everybody. Yeah, you because know? I think vice versa is true saying about us as kids to, to our parents you know do I believe in my parents do I believe in what they're doing what they're saying what how their approaches um, because again if, it, if, that, if that is shaky then then it's then you go back to the question then how is your faith in God I guess one of the things that I I always appreciate again just my good buddy John um, he shares this story about um, and I know we're kind of jumping you know, stories here, but I think it's really important because it'll answer the question that in the 21st chapter of John, when this is post-resurrection, where he's where they're fishing, Peter goes back to being a fisherman because again, the last three years of being aside, alongside Jesus, he was told that you're going to be rock, you're a rock, and on this rock, you know, we're gonna, Jesus was going to build his church. And yet after the, after the crucifixion, after the death of Jesus, he says, well, this is this is it. Then I have to go back to the way to my old ways. Yeah. And then Jesus reminds him to do. Okay, he's again. They don't recognize him, but he tells him, "Okay, toss the net." You know, and how many fish? 153 fish were caught. And again, sometimes we ask the question, "Okay, why, John? Why in the world would you add a number?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know you like math, but you know, come on. But I was was I learned today that 153 is actually very significant to the, to the Hebrew people, to the Jewish people, um, because. They don't, you know how we have like the, the alphabetical num, numeral, numeral, numeric system where like A is 1, B is 2, C is 3, right? Well, for them, 153 reveals the phrase, I am God. So Jesus, through fish and the number of fish, reveals to him that I am God. And again, Peter is still medio aguitado, you know, just kind of ashamed because of his denial of Jesus. And yet he reminds Peter of his calling even after he went back to fish. That God is still God even after he blew it. And so we should not disqualify ourselves because God can restore us. And so we realize that whatever shame that we have, he's not gonna hold us from to this shame. He rather he's gonna 
bring him close to himself so that we may be one with him. Yeah. Just like his prayer in, in John. Let them all be one just as the Father and I are one. Yeah. And, and this reminds me of, um, you know, there was one time that uh, we were at a retreat and um, they, they, help us under, they helped us understand the difference between our society, our world mentality on trying to define the word perfect mm. and what it means and what the dictionary says. And we went all very much into that. But then the word perfect in the eyes of God, it's not the same meaning. You know, we discovered that he, he this, this particular priest uh, showed us the difference. And while we are now kind of conditioned understanding what perfect is, that is, you know, there, there's no fault, it's perfect. Okay, that's the way we look at it, and, and yet over here in, in the life of, of God, perfect means that we're willing to always renew. Mm-hmm. Perfect is to start all over again. Perfect is to just continue to love. Okay, so in, in the sense of forgiveness, there's more forgiveness, there's more perfect love in forgiveness than being perfect over here and the other side yeah. saying I never did wrong yeah okay this is pure this is perfect to the conditioning that we're thinking of mm-hmm. you know and, and and because of that it relates to what you were saying right now and if we were to understand how united we are with God how much of a part of God has made us to be then we are also part of that one. Which brings me to the example of that chalice at the offertory, the divinity of, 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 of Christ and the wine, and that little drop of water, mm-hmm. you know, that once comes in with the wine, it gets lost and all is one. And then it comes together of being offered as, and becomes the blood of Christ. Okay, and it's all in one. So when, when we're there at Mass, we're, we're that close, we're that one with God. That's why when I was saying that um, there is talk about believing Jesus, the one. Yeah. Okay. And that's something that we, I think we fail to recognize most times. Why? Because a lot of times, and it's, it's so easier to, to, to do this and to do what we're actually called to do. In a sense that it's so easier to disqualify ourselves than it is to qualify ourselves. It's so easy to hold on to this shame as opposed to allowing God to restore us to new life. And you talked about that newness of life every single day, that daily conversion, uh, as St. Augustine would always put it. And yeah, we realize that whatever shame that we have, that again, Jesus is not going to hold us, you know, from this shame for the rest of our lives. Rather, He's going to release us because He can. Yes. Like He is God. He can do this. He is God. He is divine. And because of this, we can be freed and restored to God. And, you know, again, and this is a humanity issue in the sense that we always feel this guilt. I know sometimes um, just sharing with friends and, and whatnot that sometimes we have, you know, when you sin, you have that like, ah, feeling, you know, you have this guilt and we, have, we call it this holy guilt that, you know, it's good that you feel guilty because then if you didn't, then there'd be a problem, right. you know? It's like when you when you, when you you put your hand on the stove and it's hot, you remove your hand real quickly. Because if you don't, you leave it there, then it's, you know, it's a, it's a problem, you know? And yet we realize that 
Guilt is when I know that I have failed to live up to a standard. And shame is when God sees that I have failed to live up to that standard, that I'm guilty in His eyes. Yet the healing that He's that 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 we have before Him, He always looks at us, loves us, and like the woman caught in adultery, invites us to go and to sin no more. Because yeah. the question is asked, does do you see anybody condemn you? She says no. And he says, Neither do I. Neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. Now, of course, it's not, it's not a limitation to stay there. You know, he doesn't say, okay, good, just keep doing what you're doing. No, no, no. He says, go and sin no more. Thank you, John. <laughs> you know? So that, that is our invitation, you know, for you today, that um, you come to, to this reality, and each one of us, we have our own, our own path yeah. and our own way of walking. Um, are you going to go over and look for Jesus? How? Where? Why? And once you find him, you know, what's the reason behind it? Mm-hmm. Right? And the question comes down to, do you believe? Exactly. And I hope you do. Yeah, that is, uh, that is our hope and that is our prayer. Yes. And I think that's one thing that we can assure you today that, again, a lot of these things are not just said and then tossed out and then forgotten. Rather, these are the things that we ourselves are also working through because just like the, you who are listening in, we also have this, um, like Father Mike put it, and throughout the entire Lent, this thing in our chest that cannot be trusted, which is our heart, yeah. you know? And yet we realize that God can restore all things to new life and He can always take the, the ultimate bad and turn it into the ultimate good. And that can be our hearts as well. So that is our invitation to you, to just simply ask the question, do I believe? And if I do, then what am I gonna do about it? Because all of it points to Jesus. All of it points to Christ, whom bled and died for us, and whom now we get to share in the glory of the resurrection. That's right. So, final thoughts, Dad, before we go. Well, I just encourage everybody to give it a thought. But just don't keep it as a thought. You know, we are people of action. The faith has to be in action. So... What is it, what is it recommended for step that you and I would always do? Oh, uh, that we, were, we would um, think about it, okay? We would talk about it, we would pray about it, and then we would act on it. So there you go. Think, talk, pray, and act. And God knows your heart better than you do. And so believe in him because that was the that was his his message to the people today that this is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent and that he has a name and that's Christ. Amen.